G'day, it's Coach P from Ascension. This Whiteboard Wednesday, we're going to be discussing training load. What is training load, I hear you ask? It's relatively simple. It is the product of the intensity and volume of your training. That is, how much training you're doing and how hard the training is. And we can look at training load by day, by week, by month, by year. When we look at our training cycles, we can look at the load that's spread across to over our microcycle, mesocycle, macrocycle, or over an entire periodized program or an entire block of training. The first part of our training load is intensity. We use different progression models to work out what the ideal level of intensity is per session, per week, per month. What drives how intense training should be are the following things. The different energy systems will be active at different levels of intensity. So if we know what energy system we're looking to train, that will then guide to what levels of intensity are relevant. Also, different types of muscle fibers and different amounts of muscle fibers are activated at differing intensity levels. Certain intensities are also better at developing certain fitness qualities. And we're looking at intensity. We can measure intensity a few different ways. Some examples of measures of intensity include percentage of our one repetition maximum, Repetitions in reserve, our heart rate, rate of perceived exertion, as well as velocity and speed, just to name a few. When we design programs, we typically look at what the ideal intensity is in order to then build to a desired goal and end state. That doesn't mean we train at the same intensity all the time. It does, however, mean we know certain intensities will work better for certain individuals or people with specific goals or participating in specific sports and we then have certain progressions we use with these intensities that lead to a positive adaptation or an improvement in their fitness and performance. Once we've identified the correct intensity ranges to use, we also consider what's the correct volume of that intensity that's gonna actually cause the right amount of training stress that then leads to supercompensation. What drives the optimum amount of volume? The first thing we consider is what is the optimum amount of stress we need to generate at a given intensity? We also consider what is the optimum level of recovery. So whilst a certain amount of volume at a given intensity will cause training stress and will have to then allow time for recovery in order to elicit an adaptation, people recover at different rates. And different amounts of training at different intensities are going to cause differing levels of fatigue. And we have to limit the amount of volume that doesn't cause too much fatigue to prevent an adaptation occurring. As we get more advanced in our training, this actually grows, and we're actually trying to develop training stress at a given volume for a specific intensity over a long period of time to cause a small improvement. At the beginning though, it's the opposite. We're looking at a training volume at a set intensity or an indicative intensity that's gonna cause improvements firstly session to session, then maybe every second session, then maybe once per week, and we start looking at fortnightly, monthly, and even three-monthly. Take, for example, Phoebe competing in powerlifting. She'd do up to four competitions per year. They're roughly three months apart, and they're the times we need to have an improvement in her performance. So it doesn't matter if she PRs every week. In fact, we actually don't want her to test her PRs every week, but we want, we want the right volume over a 10 to 13 week period that's gonna to lead to an improvement in her performance on her competition days. If our intensity is wrong and our volume is wrong, 
we're not going to get the improvement on the right day. By looking at the optimum amount of training stress, considering the optimum amount of recovery, we're trying to cause super compensation to occur, specifically in our performance at a set time. Some ways we can measure volume, the simplest and most common, especially for strength training, is sets and repetitions. We can also use repetitions or rounds when it comes to different modalities of training, such as running, swimming, rowing. They might be articulated in different ways, like rounds or repeats, but we're effectively doing the same thing. We can also use time as a measure of volume, as well as distance, and even achievement. Now, achievement seems a bit wishy-washy, and there are different ways of articulating achievement. It could be, for example, you to do a given intensity to failure. It could be an achievement of enough volume that causes your heart rate to hit a specific level, or you're unable to recover in sufficient time, or your speed drops. These are achievement-based ways of determining volume. Now, how we use our training